Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Judy Hoff, the CEO and founder of the Hoff Foundation, an ambitious, life-changing nonprofit. It's here in town doing wonderful things for women. Judy, welcome and thanks for coming in. Well, thank you, Lori. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Hoff Foundation? Well, the Hoff Foundation is established to transform communities one person at a time. And um, about six years ago now, we started our Esther's Place. Um, I noticed that there wasn't a place for women or children in the cold of the winter. In fact, I'll tell you the story. There was a lady hanging on a garbage can in an alley and I started to weep because of her condition, and I put her in my car and brought her to the Salvation Army where she could get in for the evening. But then I, t- I thought about it, and I prayed, and I thought, my goodness, there's so many women and children on the streets, and, and yes, there's shelters, but there, you have to have a bed to go in a shelter. So I thought to myself, what can I do? And the name Esther's Place came to my mind, and... So we opened up Esther's Place within a month of having that vision, and it's grown into uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, from 9 to one we we're opened, and we serve fabulous breakfasts and lunches and classes and crafts and art therapy and resources, and it's a place where women can safely come in, them and their children, and um, have a place to get resources, to relax. Some of them just come in and just sit down and color. Um, it's, it's just a really uh, neat, calming, peaceful atmosphere for the ladies. So um, out of Esther's Place, can I go on, Lori? Oh, please. Okay, so out of Esther's Place, the, the need is housing and for, to help women get um, uh, safe from abuse, but also safe from uh, the grasp of drugs and alcohol addiction. So from Esther's Place, we've developed community relationships where we can help women get into um, a place called the Diversion Center where they can come safely forward and say, I want to get into rehab, help me. And so that is what happens. Out of Esther's place comes the next step. And so they get into um, a safe place. They go into rehab, uh, mental, medical, uh, 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 physical rehab for uh, chemical dependency, etc. And when they get out, well, here you go again. The vision was to start a housing program, and it's called New Creation Communities. And we now have an opening for 39 women in three beautiful homes. It's not an institutionalized atmosphere. They're literally uh, decorated, professionally beautiful homes for women and uh, some children as well. And uh, we have wraparound services for those ladies, and um, they can work on um, all of their uh, back issues so they can move forward in their lives and get resumes and jobs and get their children back and and get their driver's licenses and just catch up with themselves. They have a safe place to land once again. 
And then all of these wonderful ladies have the opportunity twice a year to go to another thing that we do called Queen It's a New Day. And Queen It's a New Day has been going on for 20 years now. And it's a radical makeover from the inside out uh, for women. And they are walked down a red carpet by men, treating them like ladies. And they come inside, and Jean Juarez is our partner for hair, nails, makeup, and all of the beauty. And they have a gourmet lunch, and they get beakers, and they get back-to-work clothes, and um, they get gifts. And a book I wrote called Healing the Hole in Your Heart, uh, which is true stories of hope and restoration from other ladies that have been through Queen It's a New Day through the years. So um, then they get returned back to their homes. And uh, it's, it's really awesome how uh, their lives start perhaps at Esther's place, and they go all the way through the process to have a full circle um, change and uh, safety and they find out who they really are, and we have life skills that teach them in the housing, you know, what they're good at, and then they receive resume writing classes and budgeting and everything a woman would need to be able to um, live a self-sufficient member in society, and that is kind of our head game and our end game. I was just going to comment on a couple things you said. One is the house is beautiful, and you said something about men that treat them kind. Do you want to say a little more about your—I know that this is really a passion for you, to not just throw them into any house. It is, because, you know, we—our we, we past is what we believe we deserve, because that's our history, and that's what's in our memory bank. But— in order to change our past, we have to have a new today. So when the lady comes in, I'll tell you a quick story about that. A lady came in through that system I just talked about, and she was handed a key to this absolutely beautiful home, beautifully decorated home, and she just wept. She had never had a key to a house in her life, and that was the beginning of change for her, and now she is self-sufficient and she went to college and her life is blessed and then she stayed within the housing until she was able to become stable go through some mental health help um, from living in a tent for eight years and not having um, a very good childhood along with that and so it's 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 for some of the ladies it's it's a fresh start but it's it's a new life it's literally seeing life through different eyes so can you tell us how these women are ending up on the streets? Yeah, I, I believe from the history of the years of working in this field that most of them come from abuse. And it could be even childhood abuse. Um, and then once they hit the streets, you know, the streets are the streets. And what goes on in the streets um, perpetuates them being stuck in that low self-esteem. Yeah, and would you say that there are some myths about people on the streets? 
Oh, there certainly are. They aren't there, the majority of them, because they want to be. I think that's the greatest myth, or just because they're a drug addict, so they're on the streets. But what happens first is the abuse or the neglect and abuse, um, childhood experiences, PTSD, and then also it's been proven that the majority of women that um, have been stuck on the streets are women that have come, even if they were married, they come out of abusive uh, relationships and they struggle to find uh, a new pathway, a new pathway of actually living the life that they're capable of living. And, you know, here's another myth that kind of bothers me too is, these ladies are brilliant. I'm not kidding you. These ladies are brilliant. Um, there's a lady that came through this whole process that that we all know. Her name is Shandell, and, and she was going to jump off a bridge. She was sick and tired of herself, and she had been through the abuse as a young woman, and, um, and it continued. And um, she had lost her children, uh, and she just said she was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and she was going to jump off a bridge, and she, she said a prayer. And the prayer was answered. This uh, police officer and a social worker came up to her and said, do you want help? So she said yes, and they brought her into safety. And then after her process that I already mentioned, then they brought her into our housing. She graduated, got her children back. Now she's going to school to be a social worker. And she is giving back in every way possible because she is so grateful that she was literally lifted up out of that uh, past belief system that she didn't deserve anything better than that. Will you say a little bit about these social workers? Because I just heard another story from a gentleman about that as well. Yes, these social workers, it's it's embedded social workers um, that travel along with a police officer. And it's a wonderful program, and it's changing lives all over. Um, they they work together as a team, and they can only help those that want help. And those that want help can truly get um, their lives turned around. They um, can get into the the needs that they have. Maybe it's mental health. A lot of people on the streets, a large percentage is it's, it's dual diagnosis. It's mental health and chemical dependency and PTSD and et cetera. Um, and the social workers and the police partnership, they can help them get the needs that they have met, whatever they may be, and then put them through the same process. It's beautiful, and it's working. And, and I know in our housing that 95% of the people that come through their program and our program leave us successfully. That is so good to hear. Can you say a little bit about sex trafficking? Because I think people think of that in other countries. I don't think they realize that it goes on right here in Everett, Seattle. Sex trafficking is alive, and it should die. That is for certain, Lori. Um, but it's, it's common because you, you get a young woman, let's say 16 years old, and she could be kidnapped, and then she's drugged. We know one. That, that was, don't we? And then she was taken away from her family for years, and she finally escaped. And what they do is, is they can just pick up anybody walking down the street, and it's, it's a real thing that's happening on our streets right here in Everett, Washington, in Seattle, all over 
everywhere. It's not just in foreign countries. We focus on foreign countries, but we aren't seeing what's outside our window. That's such a good point. You know, there's so many elements to this work that you do and that you take them through the whole process. But I think that there is also an element of education for people that, you know, what would you like people to know about these people? For one, you talked about Shandell and how brilliant she is, and I have met her, and she is amazing. And whenever I talk to her, I can't even imagine that she had that life because she is so successful and beautiful. And so I wonder what you might say to families and people that how they might be able to help or not judge these people. I think, number one, they're not these people. Mm. They are they are our sisters, our mothers, our daughters. They are us. And it could be any of us. You know, the, the girl that got picked up sex trafficking did not ask for that. The girl that got abused at home and fled and got stuck out on the streets because they found her. And uh, she didn't ask for that. Um, I don't believe that uh, the majority of the people on the streets want to be on the streets. I believe that they have the same dreams, Lori, that you and I do, that they want to have a home. And I always say to them when I see them, I want you to have a home where you have a kitchen and a bed and a pillow and a shower. And they just start nodding their heads so I think I think the misconception is is that there's something different and separate from the rest of us that have jobs and did not get caught up in that lifestyle for whatever reason they got stuck out there that they're just us and um, I think it's important that um, we not necessarily run around and have them food but we give them like Esther's place a resource center where they can come in and make different decisions because they're safe. These ladies need to be safe before they can think clearly. So by providing an atmosphere like Esther's where they can be safe and have a meal and no questions asked, you know, other than what can we do to help you, that would be it, right? And I think I think society needs to see uh, the homeless women and children as their own. Embrace them. One thing I noticed is a lot of people want to help. And I know that uh, I had to read this book called When Helping Hurts. And a lot of people want to help, but the way they help isn't necessarily uh, loving. It's I, I always say there's a difference between being nice and being kind. And it sounds like being nice might be, oh, I'll just hand you a dollar bill. Being kind might say, hey, I know this place called Esther's Place. Can I help you get there? And Lori, that is such a great description. It's really true because people want to be nice and they, they don't want to see the hungry on the streets. So they want to hand them food and walk away or they want to give out a jacket, which is a nice gesture. It's nice gesture. <laughs> but fact is, what I see is what can we do as a society to help their lives change? And that's being kind, helping their lives change, helping them see that there is a way out of this, directing them to resources, um, I, I think is really one of the best things we can do because a lot of them aren't going to hop in your car and go somewhere with you. 
you know, and I, nor would I ask them to, um, but to offer them the opportunity to say, hey, there's Esther's place and they're open these hours and you can have a meal and and you don't have to be afraid there. And for us, Esther's place, there's no men allowed. And uh, consequently, the ladies can really, they can just, they can just relax. How would you advise people that want to help to get a little more educated or get involved with your, it sounds like you might have a lot of volunteer opportunities with all the programs you have. We do, you know, they could, they could email me at Judy at HoffFoundation.org. They could go to our Facebook and, and check us out. Esther's place, Hoff Foundation, um, we really do need lots of volunteer help. Uh, the budget of running a homeless-type shelter like this day center is always a challenge. And um, they, could, they could donate food. They could donate funds so we could purchase the food. Um, they can get involved by being a volunteer at Esther's Place. Um, there's so many different ways that people could help. Queen, it's a new day. They could volunteer to be, a, if it's a woman, a queen's lady, or a man, an usher, or um, the housing program. We're always in need of new pillows and sheets and things like that. So donating money so we could buy what we need in each category would be probably the easiest for them as well as us. And you are nonprofit, so you run on donations, correct? We do. We, we're a 501c3 running on donations, and uh, and so everything that is given to us is tax-exempt. You would receive a letter quickly if you donated, uh, even online. That's really good to know. Now, tell me, I know that you have such great stories about people that you've helped. Can you tell me some things about volunteers? Because I know that they usually say that they think they got more out of it than the person you know and i i believe it's true i believe that um being of service to others is part of being a human and when when we do that we recognize uh, more of ourselves we recognize that um we really do care and instead of sitting back and really caring with your eyes and just walking on it you know you you can't touch that um depth of helping someone, but when we help someone, we're literally changing our own heart. And I see it in all the volunteers that have been there. You know, I know some people have strong feelings when they see people that are homeless, but I heard this great saying that you can't hate somebody up close. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, being involved and seeing that they are you and me would give a whole different perspective and maybe even jar something in you that you might want to be more involved in some way. I, I really agree with you. In fact, I've had people, here's something else that we know is true, is that if I am hurting, because let's say, for example, I have, I'm grieving, I've lost somebody, and I come in and I start serving other people, my heart starts to heal. And I really do believe that's how we're made. I do believe that we're made to uh, give back to others. And by giving back means you don't expect anything in return. (laughs) We're getting close on time, but there's two things I want to touch on. One is it's getting close to Christmas. 
And how could you, how could people help out? This is when people kind of want to go the extra mile. What, what would be a good way for them to support the Hoff Foundation? Financial donations would be number one. Um, number two would be to connect with us um, and a volunteer. Uh, we're having a Christmas party coming up the 23rd, and it would be awesome to be able to give all the little children a, a bag, gifts. We'll have a Santa Claus and photography. Um, I also would love to put that party together in a way that we could have a few haircuts going on for the ladies in the community that are homeless that would like to clean up a little bit more. And um, so I, I think really the bottom line would be volunteering or donating funds so we could buy what we need. That's so great. And I know you love to give the women nice gifts. They always get toiletries. They always get the basics. But I know for you, you like at Christmas for them to receive something that, you know, would would bring them joy. You know what, Lori? Last year, I had the greatest joy of giving to the women in housing and people had donated gifts. So one of the two main gifts that I saw they were excited about in the housing program was pajamas and slippers. Oh. I had crying women. I have not had pajamas and slippers since I can't even remember. I mean, they put on their slippers. They ran and changed their clothes. I mean, it was so... Um, so important to them. You know, if anybody has a company or anything like that that would like to donate pajamas and slippers for the 39 women in housing, that is such a great gift. And, and you know, other things they don't get are personal care items, not toothbrushes and toothpaste so much for the women in housing, but how about some really nice lotion? Mm. You know, the things, the things that all of us that have homes get. Yeah. That we take for granted, right? Yeah, we just, oh, this smells good. I'm going to put it in my bag, and I'll get that. And um, so for these ladies, I mean, any, I would love to put together 39 beautiful gift bags for the women in housing, along with the ladies that are, the street ladies that are coming in and their children, you know, to have a Christmas party. And some of them don't have their kids. So they, last year, were able to come in and get gifts for their kids to give them something because they weren't raising them anymore because they were on the streets. That is so amazing that uh, you do this work and that you make them feel so loved. I think that if any, if if you're listening to this and you work for a company that like Boeing will match your funds of giving, or like she said, if you know a company that has pajamas, I mean, the nice thing about jammies is they're pretty much one size fits all. And um, so if they have something like that, would they reach out to you on your website, hofffoundation.org? Yeah, they sure could. Or my email, either one. Which is judy at hofffoundation.org? Correct, Lori. And that's three Fs, H-O-F-F, and then F for foundation. Correct. Now, before we go, I'd like you to say a little bit more about your book, Healing the Hole in Your Heart, because we know a lot of people have housing and have programs, and they're not successful. But you have this element, and I'd like you to say a little more about healing the hole in their heart. Um, The book was written, True Stories of Women That I Know. 
and it was written from them coming in as the ladies were talking about and um and then getting to recognize that they have a intrinsic value in life and to love and accept themselves and to allow that hole in their heart to be filled with the love of God and the love of other humans. And, you know, and so the book is about someone shows up with a hole in their heart and due to the things that we have created to show them that love, they get healed. And then they wrote their stories from where they were living in a gutter, you know, coming into the program that we do, and then actually becoming successful members of society. And most of them just turn around and help somebody else also. And that's why we say giving back is the true essence of good health and being a human. That is so great. I know so many of your gals do turn around and they volunteer and and uh, they're like, I remember when I was a queen and now I'm a queen's lady. So that is such a great testament of the work that you do. Uh, we've been talking today to Judy Hoff from the Hoff Foundation, which has Queen It's a New Day. It has Esther's Place and the recovery houses, which are called New Creation Housing. So, Judy, thanks for talking with us today and sharing. And thank you for all that you're doing. And we know this is an epidemic right now. And we are so grateful that you're reaching out to our community and the women in need. I'm Lori, and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. So join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.